Welcome to the Wisdom of the Womb podcast, your home for mind, body, and soul wellness for women. My name is Stephanie Adler. I'm a certified nutrition consultant, birth doula, and women's hormone and fertility expert. I've supported hundreds of women in having healthy cycles, healthy babies, and building a balanced foundation in their bodies and minds to set them up for a limitless life. Now it's your turn. I believe a woman reaches her full potential when she trusts the innate wisdom of her body and that those women change the world. So if you're wanting to achieve hormone harmony, have boundless energy, optimize your fertility, live a holistically healthy life, and learn how to love and trust your body to become the well woman you know you are meant to be, you're in the right place. Join me for weekly wisdom on topics such as holistic hormone and gut health, fertility, mindfulness, birth, pregnancy, and beyond, and leave with actionable steps towards well womanhood. Thanks for pressing play today. I'm so excited for the magic we're going to create together. Let's dive in. Hi, podcast fam. I am so excited for today's podcast episode. Not only am I going to spill the tea on the most common causes of bloating and give you some insight into why you can't seem to beat the bloat, but I'll also be sharing some tangible takeaways for you to start improving your digestion and beat the bloat today. Before we jump in, we are in full swing with enrollment for the March start of the Well Woman Collective. And I'm just so excited about this cohort. We have an amazing group of women already signed up. And I know there are a few more women who are supposed to be inside this community. If you enjoy this podcast content, imagine having my best ever workshops with visual aids, countless curated resources like recipes, DIY digestion tests, worksheets, charts you can hang on your fridge to keep you cycle syncing like a pro, an entire library of guest workshops on everything from Chinese medicine, essential oils, the vagus nerve, you name it all in one place available to you at your fingertips for the rest of 2023 to take your wellness journey to new heights and really solidify your own well woman. Women who did this program years ago still use this resource, these resources to keep them living their best life. See the recent interview I did on Instagram live with Gabrielle. She's four months postpartum, a year out of the program and references back to these resources whenever she needs a reminder, still uses her recipes and so much more. But before you go thinking that Well Woman Collective is just a library of golden knowledge (laughs) that you get access to inside the collective, which it is, but I'd be crazy not to remind you how customized this program is. In addition to the curriculum, which is paced out to purposefully give you the time you need so that you can build on your habits sustainably and watch on times that work for you. We're all about making this work in your busy life. There are two community coaching calls a month with me where you get a chance to get coached, supported for us to troubleshoot anything that's going on in your health journey, celebrate your successes and get my laser focus on whatever you need to make your path to well womanhood successful. All while learning and hearing from other women inside the community and their experiences as well. All of the calls are recorded. So if you ever have to hop off early or miss a call, you can submit your questions ahead of time and still get my attention and my answers to whatever it is you need to quantum leap your wellness journey. 
If you're looking to radically up-level your experience on this earth by up-leveling your experience in this vessel that you walk around in your body and your mind, go from bleh and bloated, foggy and frustrated with not really knowing what works for your female body in this modern world, which happens to be saturated with health advice that for some reason still never gets you feeling truly your best then the Well Woman Collective is probably right for you. If you're ready to play the game of how good can it get in all areas of your life, hop on this rocket ship with us because we are going to be taking off in a couple of short weeks. See the link in the show notes for the program page to read more testimonials, go and watch the Instagram lives I've recently been doing, listen to our episode with and, which was a few episodes back, or send me a message if you want to speak to someone who is a program alumni to make sure this program is a perfect fit for you. If you're ready to join us, I'm offering $100 off specifically to podcast listeners. So use the code WISDOM, all caps, to join us and save. Can't wait to see you inside the collective. Always feel free to send me a message if you have questions about if it is right for you. Before we jump into today's episode, I also want to quickly remind you that the following is not medical advice. It's information intended to empower you to become more informed about your health and digestion. If you do want more guided specific advice specific for your situation, the Well Woman Collective is the best place to do that right now. In the meantime, let's start talking about bloating. (laughs) Bloating is the worst. It can be painful, uncomfortable, make you feel self-conscious in your clothes or even I like make dressing decisions and anticipation of it happening. How many times have you been like, Oh, I'm not going to wear that because I probably will get bloated. Or if I get bloated, then I'm going to feel super uncomfortable. It's going to be really tight, or I'm not going to like the way that it looks. Bloating can also be so confusing. Some people can make really clear connections about when and why bloating is happening. Maybe after they eat dairy or cabbage That still isn't normal, um, but they can at least identify what's going on. For other people who can't even figure out a pattern, it's so frustrating. They wake up, they drink water, and here comes the bloating. And I've really found that most people seem to or want to believe their bloating comes from a specific food or food group. And sometimes that is the case, but it's still not usually the root cause of why bloating is happening in everything with healing, with everything with healing in the body, the mind, et cetera. We really want to work on identifying the root cause, not only so you can eventually eat cruciferous veggies or beans again, if that's what you desire, but because typically if we don't address the root cause of a symptom and just cover it up in this case, you know, maybe by not eating a trigger food or by taking a pill, for example, What most often happens is that that symptom spreads to another body system and gets loud there to try and encourage you to pay attention and address it. So when our body is talking to us, when our body is giving us a symptom, let's listen. It's our job to listen and say, what are you trying to tell me body? And if bloating is a symptom that you were experiencing, it likely has a root cause beyond my body doesn't like dairy or my body doesn't like cabbage. 
Okay. So if you're getting bloated, I'm going to talk to some of the common root causes of bloating. And I want you to hold tight because there can be a lot of them. The first one is low stomach acid. And you know what? I actually think I'm just going to list them and then we can kind of break some of them down a little bit more specifically. But so the common causes of bloating include low stomach acid, low zinc intake. Zinc is a mineral having a sodium deficiency, poor bile flow. Bile is a substance that helps break down fat. It's, uh, involved with the liver, the pancreas, et cetera. Also the gallbladder. Um, and if we have, I, I always like to think of bile. If you are washing dishes and something is fatty, right? So imagine like you have like an oily plate or like, you know, you were searing meat and then you put it on a plate and it has like some of that fat residue. If you just try and rinse it off with water, what happens? It doesn't work, right? When there's fat on that plate, you have to come in and break it up with some dish soap in order to really clean the plate. Whereas if you had crumbs on a plate, you can just rinse that off with water and it's going to go away. Bile is essentially what is the dish soap of the fat inside your body. It comes in and it breaks up and digests fat. So poor bile flow can be a reason for bloating. Taking too many probiotics can cause bloating. And that one is something that I commonly see with people who are trying to uh, self-diagnose their root cause of their bloating. And they're just like, well, I'm going to take a probiotic because the internet says that's a good idea. (laughs) Um, And sometimes if we have an overgrowth of good, even good bacteria, it can cause bloat. Stress is a big one that can cause bloating dieting and being in a calorie deficit can actually be a really common cause of bloating, eating a lot of processed health foods. I'm talking the bars. I'm talking just like the things that come in packages that are quote unquote healthy spending most of your day sitting and living a more sedentary lifestyle can cause bloating having constipation, not eating breakfast and just having coffee. This next one, eating a healthy plant heavy diet, not even necessarily plant-based, but plant heavy diet, which is high in lectins. If you don't know what lectins are, they are the proteins that bind to carbohydrates and they're common in foods like grains, legumes, like lentils, chickpeas, beans, certain nuts and seeds, vegetables that are in the nightshade family, which includes potatoes, eggplants, tomatoes, peppers, that family, a one dietary products. Um, and a one refers to the type of the protein that is present in the dairy. And in this case, it's most commonly found in cow's milk dairy. Interestingly though, raw cow's milk has the immunoglobulin that binds to lectins. So it may be lower in lectins compared to pasteurized cow's milk. So if you are drinking milk that comes from a cow, having it be raw, it'll likely not have the impact of the lectins. There are also some cows that are more a two in their protein. Um, I know I'm looking for a raw milk connection here in Colorado, where I live. And one of the farms that I just found was sharing how they like 55, I think 97, 50, 
whatever it came out to, it was 97% of the milk is a two protein and they're still all cows. Most of them are Jersey cows. So it kind of just depends like what kind of cow it is, but cow's milk is more likely to be that a one protein, whereas goat's milk, sheep milk is less likely to be that a one. So would be lower in lectins. Um, and then these lectins can also be found in grain fed meats. So similarly with dairy and with meat, if it's grass fed, it's not going to have as many lectins because of the grains, which are a big source of lectins influencing the meat. Other common, but less identifiable without some, some lab testing causes of bloating can be H pylori, which is a very common stomach infection. It's present in about 80% of adults and it's spread through saliva. So it can be very contagious. You know, if you make out with someone, if you're regularly sharing food with someone drinks, you can get H pylori. And so if I ever find H pylori on a GI map of a client that I'm working with, we always address their significant other as well because it's, it can be passed back and forth within a family pretty easily. Um, it will not cause bloating in 80% of the people, you know, like if 80% of adults have it, it doesn't mean that every single person who has H pylori struggles with that, but it is a common cause of bloating depending on how much H pylori you have and, or how your body is reacting to that specific infection. Another common cause of bloating that I see when I'm looking at a GI map is candida, which is a fungus overgrowth in the gut. If you're someone who has yeast infections or has struggled with thrush before, these can be other signs of candida and candida will not always, but usually come with a few other symptoms as well. And other dysbiosis, dysbiosis means an imbalance of gut bacteria. So, you know, this might be diagnosed as SIBO. This could be diagnosed as C. diff or more of a general dysbiosis that could mean that you don't have enough good bacteria and have too much bad bacteria. It could mean you have too much of both. Too much good bacteria even can be really challenging and cause a lot in the gut and cause bloating. So any imbalance of those gut bacteria can be a pretty significant driver of bloat. Additionally, premenstrual bloating is a common cause of bloating, and this is usually due to the increased levels of progesterone, which happen in that second half of your cycle in your luteal phase, which can slow down the digestive tract. Though we have hacks to reduce this, you know, like eating more cooked leafy greens in your luteal phase, making sure that you stay super hydrated, managing stress better in your luteal phase, you know, so it doesn't have to be the case. Um, I, nothing makes me happier when people are like, oh my God, I just got my period and I wasn't bloated at all. Like that is possible for you. I see it all the time, but if you find that you're more commonly bloated in your luteal phase, it's likely due to that hormone, which we want an adequate abundance of that hormone. We just need to counteract it in a different way when it comes to bloating. And with this though, I really think it's important to differentiate, you know, most of the bloating I'm referring to when I'm speaking to these root causes above is related to stomach distension, which is different than an increased sense of puffiness or feeling like you're retaining water or even feeling heavier, which is usually more linked to inflammation. I will oftentimes have people tell me, you know, 
I'm just feeling bloated. And sometimes I think it's important to narrow it down. Like, well, what does bloated mean to you? If it just means like, I don't know, I just feel kind of puffy and like, you know, like I'm feeling just, especially like, you know, sometimes leading into your luteal phase, if you don't have adequate progesterone, you can retain more water and like that can make you feel bloated, but it's not the same kind of like stomach distension. My stomach is hard and it hurts bloating or just like even without the pain, but like my stomach, I look like I'm six months pregnant or, you know, I actually am six months pregnant. So that's my excuse, but you know, like I, I feel like I'm actually really bloated specifically distension in my stomach is a little bit different than water retention or feeling heavier or just like there's extra weight on you, which can feel like bloating, but it is a different in terms of the root cause and source. Sometimes they overlap, but not necessarily always. Um, also going back to kind of something that I mentioned before, if you noticed, I did not mention when I was talking about those root causes of bloating, a food sensitivity. And while food sensitivities can cause bloating and certain foods, especially like those high lectin foods, when they're not cooked in a way that optimize their digest digestibility, that word is always so challenging for me to say. And as someone who works in this space, you would think the more, how often I say it, it would get easier, but it's not the case. <laughs> Um, but so if we're not cooking these high lectin foods in a way that optimize their digest digestibility, uh, they're more likely to cause bloating. You know, there's a reason why everyone knows, knows that beans make you fart. Um, because, and, and just to that point, you know, so like grains, for example, historically, the way people ate grains was like a long fermented sourdough, which that fermentation process makes grains more digestible because it breaks down, it breaks down a lot of the lectins beans, if you soak them and you sprout them and you use kombu in the cooking process, it's going to make them more digestible. Okay. So there are certain foods that inherently they were not designed in a way that our bodies break them down without a lot of intention and preparation going into them. But generally speaking, if while food sensitivities like to, I mean, it could be anything sometimes like tomatoes can cause people to bloat. Um, and that is a nightshade, but you know, sometimes there are, which is elected, but that, so that was maybe a bad example, but, um, sugar, right. Sugar can cause someone to bloat. Well, these sensitivities can cause someone to bloat. It's typically not the root cause of the bloating because most people's bodies are reacting to a certain food because of an imbalance in the body, not because of the food itself. For example, I was working with a client recently who was bloating so badly after eating broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, et cetera. Like most of that cruciferous family of vegetables and we ran a GI map stool test on her. And we discovered that she had C diff, um, which is a pretty serious gut infection, which would, you know, specifically makes people sensitive to those families of foods. And so while she was healing, she did stay away from those foods, but after a few months of crowding out the C diff with a specific strand of bacteria that we titrated down over two months, she was able to eat those foods again, bloat free. And my point being, before we started working together, her plan was just to stay away from those foods, <laughs> which didn't feel fun or sustainable for the long term, 
but it also would have never addressed the reason why her body was reacting to those foods. Even if she avoided them for years, she could have avoided those foods for years, but it wasn't a food sensitivity that was causing her bloat. Even though she was sensitive to those foods, there was something underneath why she was reacting to those foods. And once we found and addressed that, we can bring those foods back in. So because of this, I'm always hesitant to say that a food sensitivity is the root cause, right? Now, if you go down that list that I shared before of the root, the root causes of bloating, can you identify or rule out any for yourself? Are you trying to be in a calorie deficit or do you just know that you're constipated? P.S. Constipation can still be happening even if you're pooping, pooping every, every day. And one trick to tell if you're not eliminating completely every 24 hours, um, is to look at the Bristol stool chart. So you can just like look up online at Bristol B R I S T O L stool chart. If you're a three or below, you're likely constipated. Okay. Um, I've got a really fun DIY test that I do with all of my well women where we get to see their actual transit time, which is so helpful because we start to see so many patterns. Um, so anyways, maybe, you know, that you're in the dieting category. Maybe, you know, that you're not in a calorie deficit and dieting, maybe you're reverse dieting right now, or, you know, that you're not constipated. Um, and maybe, or maybe you're someone who like lives off of Lara bars and Siete chips and Buddha bowls from your local juice shop and are starting to have this like aha moment about lectins. Um, though, again, this usually means digestive function needs to improve, but maybe you're like, oh my God, I get chronic yeast infections. So you're suspecting maybe it's candida overgrowth. Maybe you have no clue still based on those root causes I shared above. That's okay. I'm going to give you a few tools that should start to improve your digestive function for everyone. These apply to every single person, even without being able to speak to your specific needs, you know, to learn more about you um, and to be my favorite gut health detective self, this should, these tips should be able to improve your digestive function. Um, and then I'm also going to tell you how I would normally guide someone to being able to really figure out what their root cause is If I had access to more of their context. Okay. So the first tool that almost everyone could do better with, or do more of that's going to improve digestion and reduce bloating is to chew your food better. Yep. Chew your food better. It is that seriously that simple. Digestion starts in the mouth and enzyme activity begins with your saliva. And by breaking down your food better in your mouth, it puts less stress on the rest of your digestive tract down the line. So the next time you eat, I want you to count how many times you chew a certain bite. Now try doubling that number on your next bite. It might feel like a lot of chewing, but that's probably where you should be. All right. Focus on really chewing your food, like letting it become total mush in your mouth to improve your bloating. And you'll likely find it makes a really big difference. This is also going to naturally slow down how quickly you're eating. And the slower we eat, the less likely we are to get bloated as well, because it's just better for our digestion. Now, the next tool is a bit more of a tip. 
and it's to eat more of your foods cooked and overall reduce your raw veggie consumption. So heat breaks down and partially digests food for us, which is more gentle on the digestive track. Think about a steak that's been grilled for a short period of time. You get like a hard, nice sear on that steak. It's delicious, but when you're eating it, you have to chew it quite a bit to break it down, right? Now imagine a slow cooked brisket or like a barbacoa, right? It almost melts in your mouth without you needing to chew and break it down that much. Especially when eating vegetables like greens, cruciferous veggies, etc., try cooking them and cooking them well. It's the same application. If you're finding that you're like a salad for lunch every day kind of gal, this could be a really great change for you, also for cycle syncing purposes, but that's another episode. Um, but heat and, and eating more cooked foods, cooked vegetables and reducing the amount of raw roughage you're eating is going to be so much gentler on your digestive tract, and it will thank you in return. The next uh, tool is to start supporting your stomach acid. Now I'm going to give you one of the DIY tests that I love using with clients to see if they aren't producing adequate stomach acid. It's called the baking soda test. And the way it works is this. So when you wake up before you brush your teeth, drink water, eat breakfast, or do anything that involves your mouth. Okay. I want you to mix a half a teaspoon of baking soda in six ounces of water, mix it up and drink it. Then put a timer on for five minutes. If you burp, I'm talking like a big belchy burp, like Something that, you know, a six-year-old boy would be really proud of producing. (laughs) You have enough stomach acid, okay? If you do not have any burp or you have a few like small baby, excuse me, like lady-like burps, your stomach acid can probably use some support. And stomach acid is really important for helping us break down our food and reduce bloating. So how do you do that? Well, you can juice a full lemon and put that in some water and drink that before meals. So starting off your day like that is a great start. Doing it before every meal can be really valuable too. Uh, Now, important to name that sometimes stomach acid is low because of an H. pylori infection. And so if you suspect that you have low stomach acid from this and you want to get tested and address it, that might be wise. But sometimes we just have low stomach acid from age or stress or for other reasons, because of when you're addressing H. pylori, increasing stomach acid through something like hydrochloric acid that you can take in a a supplement or through vinegar can be contraindicated because it actually, again, could impede on your ability to get rid of the H pylori. So if you do have low stomach acid and you have not been tested for H pylori, I do recommend just sticking with the lemon water and would recommend that you consider getting tested for H pylori now. Um, but once you are supporting stomach acid and whether or not, you know, like that's not because you have H pylori or it is, and you address the H pylori and then increase your stomach acid, it's going to sincerely help your digestion and therefore almost certainly reduce any bloating that's present. So the starting with just doing that DIY test, seeing what's going on can be a really great place to start. 
Now, another tool that you can use to beat the bloat is to use electrolytes in your water to boost sodium because sodium deficiency can cause bloating for a lot of people. So that could look like putting some Celtic sea salt in your water or using an LMNT powder or a professional grade powder will go a really long way to helping keep that sodium up. When I say, you know, using electrolytes, I do not mean drinking a Gatorade, just making sure that's really clear. Another tool that everyone can use to improve digestion and bloat less is to move your body. Okay. Get a walking pad and a standing desk. A walking pad is like a little treadmill that goes underneath your standing desk. And so you can walk while you're working and walk on calls. I mean, you could, even if you're walking at 2.0 speed, you could really get some good steps in and you're not being sedentary. Um, Move in the morning and the afternoon and the evening. It's wild how much movement can help with bloating. If you find that you're sedentary, except for a workout that you do for 30 minutes or an hour a day, that likely isn't going to be enough. So you need to make some space to move more throughout the day to improve, improve your bloat. Maybe that looks like waking up a little bit early and going for a walk, doing like a lunchtime workout. And then in the evening, you know, doing some yoga stretches and like doing a 20 minute yoga flow before bed is going to be way more efficient than just going to that lunchtime workout and sitting on your tush the rest of the day. Um, and so yeah, really make that effort to move more and see how that improves your digestion and your bloating. Also, if you were listening to the above, it might seem obvious, but I'll just point it out anyways, rely less or not at all on packaged, healthy, quote unquote, healthy (laughs) side-eyeing a lot of that snack foods and eat more foods that are rich in zinc and focus on nutrient density in general. Okay. Start eating breakfast. If you're eating those high lectin foods, do things like soak them and pressure cook them, ferment them, sprout them to make them more digestible, digestible. Now, if you've done all of the above and are noticing that you're still bloated, this is likely when it is time to call in backup to help you navigate what's going on. This backup might be a practitioner like me who can read the body a little bit more objectively than you can and look for clues that may or may not warrant some testing. And then if testing was the route to go, a stool test and the right protocol can be incredibly helpful in identifying why someone is having digestive issues, including bloating. Typically when someone is in my care, depending on what I'm seeing in their diet, their lifestyle, their symptoms, et cetera, we will decide if we feel like we have enough information with what we can currently see to build a gut healing protocol that will get their bloating down. Or if we decide we need to do some functional lab testing to get more information in order to really make sure that healing is going to happen. I'd say that it's about 50, 50, but that is why, you know, I went back and got another certificate after doing this work for five years in order to be able to run these labs, because I wanted to be able to give my clients more answers. I just actually had a former client who became a friend over for brunch the other day. And I mentioned to her that there was butter in the banana bread that I made just to make sure she knew because when we were working together initially, dairy was one of the foods that we had her eliminating for a period of time. And she said that now two years after our work together, her gut is totally healed. And, you know, when she's at home, she eats gluten-free and dairy-free, 
But when she's out of the house, she just doesn't worry about it. And it doesn't have any impact for her. When we work together for her case, I actually didn't need these functional labs to be able to give her gut what it needed to heal. And it healed beautifully and perfectly. Her sister though, just started working with me a couple months ago. And the symptoms that she was having me were telling me that I really wanted more information on this particular client's gut. And so we did the GI map and I'm so glad that we did. We ended up finding H. pylori, candida, dysbiosis, and more, right? We had so many, so many of those root causes there. And so now we're not wasting any time and I can make a very specific protocol for her. And, you know, point of me telling the story is, is like everyone is, and their body is so unique and her bloat was different than her sister's and yours might be different from your sisters or your friends too. And so if you feel like you've tried everything and have now, you know, gotten more insight into how many different factors might be going into your bloating and want support and guidance on navigating how to say bye-bye to the bloat for good. Just know that the well woman collective can be your home to do that. Not only do we have an entire module that's dedicated to gut health. So you can become the expert on your gut and have coaching calls with me, but we also have an intake where you share your symptoms and what's going on and give me more of your background. So I can make those personalized suggestions for you. There's also going to be an add-on so that you can use that to run a GI map stool test. If we do think that's something that you need to get to the bottom of your gut health, I hope that no matter where you're at with bloating, you start to incorporate these takeaway tools I shared because they will, you know, the more electrolytes, chewing your food better, checking out your stomach acid, not eating the packaged foods, moving your body, because these will go such a long way towards supporting your digestive health for years to come. And sometimes it can be that simple. And if you do desire to support to get more support in navigating your digestive health. Let's talk and see if the well woman collective is right for you. There's a link in the show notes to directly book a call with me and make sure it's the perfect fit. And if you are sure that it is your home for healing already, there's a link in the show notes to sign up and just remember to use that code wisdom, all caps, one word for special podcast, exclusive hundred dollars savings. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, pretty, pretty, please do me a favor, share it, review it, rate it. I put so much time and love into putting this free content out every week. And the best way you can say thank you if you enjoy it is to get it in the hands of other women. So whether that's sharing it via text to a friend or posting about it on socials, it would mean the world to me. I'll see you here next week for more wisdom of the womb. And in good gut health, sending you lots and lots of love. Mwah.